What's up, runners? As you might have noticed, we do not run ads on this podcast, and we do that very intentionally because we don't really like ads when we listen to podcasts, and we figured you probably don't either. So if you appreciate this podcast and the content that we put out for you weekly, could you do us a big favor and just help us grow the podcast by sharing this with a friend, taking a screenshot and sharing it on social media, or leaving us a review on iTunes. All of those things really help us to grow the podcast and to reach more people. And if you do that, we would be so grateful for you. So, on to the show. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. Okay, so like a lot of people, I sometimes get sucked into the TikTok world. And there's this one guy that I like following on TikTok, and he tells the funniest stories. He's a teacher, and he tells these funny stories about elementary school and the funny things that kids say and like all sorts of fun stuff. But at the end of pretty much all of his TikToks, I don't know if any, all the ones that I've at least watched, he says, find your joy. And I love that. I just... And it makes me smile every time. And it also got me thinking and it really got me thinking about like finding your joy in running. Like how can you find your joy in running? So today we want to bring some joy back into your running journey because I think that sometimes when we start to get into running and we start to get more serious about our running, we start to set goals, right? We want to improve. We can sometimes get so focused on improving or running faster or running longer that we end up losing some of the joy and some of the fun in our running journey. hundred percent. So that can lead us or that can lead running to really start to feel kind of like a grind, right? Like our chore or something that you have to just get through. You got to get it in because it's on your plan. So today we want to talk about bringing some of that joy and that fun back in instead of just having running be something that you just have to get through every day. Yeah. You talk about, you know, the, the TikTok that sort of inspired this one. Find your joy. But one of the <laughs> people that I follow on Instagram, runners that I follow on Instagram, uh, he closed out all of his posts with smiler you're doing it wrong oh okay and there's definitely been smiler doing it wrong reference some some experiences where the pictures involved did not necessarily look like the the most joy inducing thing (laughs) but that kind of brings us to really what is joy Mm -hmm. which is kind of where we're going to ground this entire thing is joy to begin with is not exactly the same thing as happiness no it's not and people often confuse them like they think they're the same thing and so like when we were talking about Mm -hmm. you know this podcast we were kind of outlining it together i was like let's look it up in the dictionary like what is joy and one of the definitions is happiness mm-hmm. but it's not the first one no like it's 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 down further on the list where like joy and happiness are kind of equal somewhat they add, synonymous they add bliss to the list mm-hmm. of it but it's not the first one the first one i looked up you like this one so i'll let you go ahead and take this guy yeah i like this one a lot so it says joy is the emotion evoked by well-being success or good fortune or by the prospect of possessing what one desires. I like the second part, the mm-hmm. prospect of. Yeah. Like joy isn't even having the thing. It's not the having thing. the thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's thinking about having the thing. Well, I mean, that's like when you think about having a delicious dessert mm-hmm. is often more satisfying than the dessert itself. Mm-hmm. Just thinking about or it. Or that first bite. Yes. And then it like kind of like fades in desirability as you go. Yeah. That, Unless you're eating one of my desserts. It rarely happens with any <laughs> dessert for me. They don't last that long on my plate. I often look for more of what it is. Um, but you know, when, when you think about eating something delicious, your body starts reacting as though you're currently eating it. Like it's, it's anticipating the joy and preparing you for that process Mm -hmm. in physical ways. But mentally we do the same thing. We can experience happiness without having to be in the happy situation. Mm -hmm. We just think about the happy situation and we start feeling happier. Well, that's the whole concept behind visualization too, right? Like our brain does not know the difference between reality and not reality. Like we can literally visualize whatever outcome we want in any situation. And we can start to experience that thing ahead of time before we actually even have the outcome. And a lot of the self-development people that I follow um, and mindset you know, coaches and those kinds of things that I like to follow 
talk about this concept a lot. They talk about going to your future self and going to that place where you already have the thing that you desire. You're already making the impact that you want to make. You already have that lifestyle that you want and starting to live from that place because our brains really don't know the difference. So if we can start living that way and start experiencing those things now, we start experiencing the thoughts and the feelings that can create joy in our lives, right? So it's that emotion, again, evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune or by the prospect of possessing what one desires. Excellent. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the seven things. I was going to say that gives us a great, good grounding from here. We got seven things that you can do and maybe not all of them are right. going to bring joy to you. We've got some things where it's like, all right, here's a good list. Somewhere on there might mm-hmm. help you help bring back joy in case that's right. fading in your current running existence. Yeah. Like the, the goal is not that you have to like go through every single one of these and like check them all off and make sure you get the, all of them, you know, okay, now I can experience joy. I did all seven things. Like just take one, take two, like see what resonates with you in this episode. And like, this is what I was telling our cross country kids the other day, you know, like I was, um, we do at least one mindset or mental performance thing per week. And, you know, I, I gave them, um, a, a great one this week and I said, you know, try it out and see like, who's willing to try this out because all of these things that we give you and and same thing with here on the podcast, everything that we give you guys are tools that you can use. Some of them are going to resonate more with you. Some of them, you're just going to be like, okay, yeah, that's interesting. And you're just going to kind of forget about it within an hour. Right. But then something, one sentence that we say sometime in this podcast might just kind of hit you. And you're like, Oh my gosh, like I've never thought of it that before of it that way before, you know, and that's really why we do what we do. So before we actually jump in to the seven ways, I'm going to go ahead and plug uh, the newest free workshop that I'm creating for you guys. Oh, yeah. Because like I have, you know, we love to create tons of free content because our goal here at Real Life Runners is really just helping more runners find joy in their running to learn how to run in a way that is right for them so that they can achieve their goals. They can find joy. They can feel good about themselves. And so I'm literally just obsessed with trying to like make people's running journeys and people's lives better, um, whatever way I can. So we put out this podcast for you guys every week. Um, and then I also create some free workshops, free trainings. We run our five day challenge and the newest thing that I'm creating, I'm creating a brand new workshop. It's I'm going to hold it live live on September 22nd at noon Eastern standard time. And it is going, it's entitled the secret to your next PR. Okay. Now the cool thing about this workshop is that I'm going to be talking about something that a lot of people are not talking about. If you've listened to the podcast for a while, you probably are going to hear some familiarities, you know, some things that we've talked about before, but I'm structuring it in a way that I've never done before. And I really want to go deep into this concept with you guys. I'm not talking about easy running. I'm not talking about strength training. I'm talking about something a little bit different. It's something that you haven't really thought about in this way before. Maybe you have, but I'm guessing that a lot of you haven't. So I really wanted to invite you guys to join me in this free live workshop. I'm really excited about it. Head over to realliferunners.com forward slash PR to sign up today. I like that you tease that it's not about strength training because mm-hmm. as the doctor of physical therapy, I was pretty sure that the answer was the glutes, yeah. but apparently <laughs> that's apparently that's not the answer. No, nope, not for this one. In this particular instance. Yeah. And those are all important things, right? Strength training is important. Easy running is important. We talk about them all the time on the podcast, but the thing that I want to talk about in this workshop is really the root of all of it. It literally is the secret to your next PR, because if you can master this thing that I'm going to be teaching you, you, it can unlock, I mean, just unbelievable potential in your running and really the rest of your life as well. And so, then strengthen your glutes. Yeah, All right. Reallyfrunners.com <laughs> forward slash PR. On to the episode. On to seven <laughs> things to bring you joy. All yeah. right. Option number one. And again, like Angie pointed out, this is not a checklist. Okay. Unless checklists bring as much joy to you as they do to Angie. Um, but <laughs> that is true. Even then, don't write these down and check them off saying, all right, this is my step by step process to happiness. Try them out, feel them out, and see if that increases happiness for you. Let's see what we got. Number one, remember why you started running in the first place. Mm-hmm. Okay? This is an interesting one because not everybody got into running for what necessarily might have been the most, I don't know, joy-inducing, fun-centric way. Okay. Some people may have gotten into running, like I want to get in better shape. I want to lose weight. Those Mm -hmm. are not necessarily like joy-inducing. Yeah. 
So think about what it is that got you through those opening days of running, those opening weeks of running. Like as you were progressing, what was it that kept you going back? Maybe you had like a small mini goal along the way. Once you reached that goal, why did you keep going? There, yeah. there was something in there that I think if you really think about it, might be a, a, a source of joy. Yeah. The prospect of possessing what one desires, right? Going back to that definition. And like, this is an interesting one because like what Kevin and I were talking about, you know, some, maybe some of you got into running because you wanted to achieve a certain goal. Maybe you wanted to run a half marathon. You wanted to run your first 5k. Um, you, your friends were doing it and they invited you to come along. So there might've been some, you know, fun and joy in the start of your running journey. But if you guys are anything like me and you started running just because you weren't happy with your body and you wanted to lose weight and you wanted to get in shape, that's not really the most joyful thing. The <laughs> idea of like the body that I wanted, right? The prospect of possessing quote unquote, a runner's body for me, which I know now, now know is a lie. Um, but that was what I wanted. That was like, that idea brought me joy of like being stronger, being healthier, being more fit, right? And so I am happy to say that I definitely have achieved all of that now, right? But just think about here why you got into running. If you didn't like your body and you were going into it because, you know, you wanted to change it because you had very negative thoughts about it, this might not be the best way for you to bring the joy back in, right? Because this might bring up some negative body image issues and other things that maybe you've already moved past. So maybe this one is not the one for you and that's totally cool, right? So just kind of be honest with yourself. And like Kevin said, if you started for one of those reasons where maybe you weren't happy with your body, think about what made you continue, right? Like, why are you still running? Kind of get back. Maybe it was, it's not your original why, but it's your current why. Maybe you mm -hmm. now love the idea that you, you get to challenge yourself. Maybe you now have a running group of, of friends that you um, get to spend time with, you know, like whatever it is that keeps you going now, kind of tap back into that. Yeah. And I mean, you got into running for what you would argue is not necessarily like a, a, a joy thing. You were chasing a, a different body image. Mm -hmm. I really just found fun when I started running. Mm -hmm. Like that was the first sport that I enjoyed all the different aspects of it. Yeah. Like in football, I enjoyed the part where we got to run in practice. I enjoyed <laughs> catching the football also, but there was a bunch of aspects of it that I did not really find fun during the training. There were yeah. aspects of different sports and I'm like, I like most of it, but there's some that I don't. Running was just fun to me. Yeah. So some... running was not fun to me. Yeah. Running was my least favorite thing in all of my sports. I'm like, why do we have to run again? Like it's volleyball. I don't run in volleyball. <laughs> I like move quickly around the court. Yeah. You know, you don't run in volleyball. Like you're literally just kind of bouncing around the court. Right. But I, the, that was the first sport that I got into that. I'm like, this is, this is just fun. I get to go out and I get to hang out with this group of guys and, and we're just having a blast out here. And, and it's great. <laughs> what? Like, just made me think of the back of Francie's shirt. Like yesterday we were at a, a cross country meet and one of the local coaches in the area, the back of her shirt said cross country, helping skinny guys make friends since 1967. Yep. That's that, that was me. <laughs> that cracked me up. I mean, that, that was, that was the group. So it was, it was my first big connection to another group of guys when I got into high school is that was, that was what we did. And there was a lot of success among it. So the whole thing was fun, but sometimes when I'm so deep into training and so chasing numbers on a clock, mm -hmm. it's nice to remember that, Hey, when I first started running, running was just fun. Even though I didn't even know what a 5k race was, even mm -hmm. though I'd never seen a cross, I had, I'd watch my sister run cross country, but there, I wasn't in a race. Yeah. I was just out running in the middle of the woods. Well, I mean, if you watch kids play, you know, like they kids run all over. love running, they literally don't walk, right. They like run from place to place and they'll just break into a spontaneous race, you know, like mm -hmm. just because running is fun. Right. And so at some point, maybe running has been fun for you. Maybe so tap back into that, you yep. know, maybe you, you tried strides for the first time and you found, found that joy. And if you don't come join our Academy, we'll teach you all about it. All right. What all else right. we got? Number let's, two. Let's number two. You don't have to run a race. What? What? No, you have to, sorry, this one's wrong. This no. is a typo. You can find your joy. <laughs> by literally not racing, right? Like maybe you're the kind of person that just gets really anxious and stressed out with this idea of a race, or maybe you like racing, but you just feel like you've had a lot of races kind of back to back to back. And you haven't mm -hmm. really just had time to just run and enjoy running, right? Like you've always had this like very strict training plan, this structure, but 
you can be working towards goals without a race on the calendar, right? There are different goals that you can have without needing to race. And sometimes it's really good to literally not have any goal at all, right? Like, yes, I think it's important to, to have a goal. Like we talk about goals here all the time. I do think that it's important, but for short periods of time, like sometimes it's actually nice not to have a goal and to just like go out and run just because you enjoy running. Like mm -hmm. that is the entire point. You're not trying to work to anything. You're not trying to build up to anything. You're not trying to increase your mileage or your speed or a race distance. You're just running because you like to run. And if you've never done that before, I highly suggest that you try it, right? Like it, it, maybe after your next race, you've got a race on the calendar, take a couple of weeks and literally just go out and run without a purpose. Like it's, it's actually really freeing. It's, it is pretty, freeing. I, I, I've experienced that this year and mm -hmm. it's actually really freeing. Yeah. The whole run without a race, the last couple of years has been weird. So people may have had like a regular racing schedule, 2020 hits, you have no racing schedule. Suddenly you have to go virtual, mm -hmm. then races come back, but they're like weird. There's like testing things beforehand. Are you supposed to mask at the starting line? It's weird. Now suddenly races are back in a more normal thing. But some people haven't raced for a couple of years and maybe they're thinking to themselves, oh, I don't know how much I actually enjoyed racing. There was a lot of anxiety with it. I need this really tight structured plan to get to the race. You don't need to put a race on the schedule yeah. just because you want to progress forward and have a goal. Mm -hmm. Like find something that sounds fun to you and work towards that. Yeah. Something that maybe you couldn't do right now as far as your running is concerned mm -hmm. and say, all right, my goal is to do that. Maybe like that's a new distance for you. Yeah. Like maybe that's a loop around a neighborhood, around a park or whatever it is that you're like, I don't think that I could run around that whole thing, but I bet you could gradually work your way up towards that. Yeah. That's not a race. That just seems like a new fun adventure for you to try and figure out how to accomplish that. Yeah. Or maybe it has, it, do, it doesn't have to do with running. Maybe you want to build strength, mm -hmm. right? Like I went through a strength building cycle at the beginning of this year. And part of that was because I had COVID like at the end of last year, like in August of last year. And like, I knew that that affected me. It affected my speed. It affected my endurance. Like it affected me a lot. Right. And so there was that comparison of like, I don't want to race because I don't want to see that time on the clock. Right. There was some avoidance. I am going to be a hundred percent honest with you guys. Right. Like we tell you guys, the numbers don't matter. We tell you all this and all of that is true, but we are still runners and we still compare and we still use numbers because number running is very number driven sport. Right. And we still see it. Um, and there's a lot of thought work that I could do around it and I could change my beliefs and change my thoughts and do all the things, but I just didn't want to. <laughs> okay. Like I'm going to be straight up with you guys, because again, those are tools. And I was just like, you know what? I don't want to race right now. And so I took the first couple of months of this year and really just worked on building strength. I really wanted to like lift heavier weights and like see the weights that I was able to lift. I wanted to see those numbers go up. I wanted to kind of focus on that. And that was really fun. Like in, in, improving my muscle strength was a, mm -hmm. was a great goal for me to work towards. And like, you could see it, like there was, there was clear progress taking place. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just like, yeah, a, he's um, still bitter that I beat him in an arm wrestling contest. <laughs> so <laughs> that, never you were, that did not that happen. Did not happen. Um, no, no, that did not happen. <laughs> We're going to have to do that after the podcast finishes recording now. <laughs> we'll let you know. Follow Angie on Instagram um, at, at Real Life Runners. At that Real should Life be fun. Runners. Okay. Um, but it was it was still like an objective goal that you were going for. You could see the, the strength gains taking place. It wasn't just like a vague, I want to get stronger. Mm -hmm. There was still a goal, even though that goal was not specifically a running race. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's the second guy. Third one is literally the opposite of that. Find a race. Mm -hmm. Okay. But here's the catch to it. Find a different kind of race. Yeah. If you're used to knocking out like the regular routine of 5k and 10k in your local community, and those are the ones you do, that sets you up for comparison from one year to the next to the next to the next, mm -hmm. especially if you just keep doing the same race, mm -hmm. you're going to do that a lot. Maybe you do same race distances. You travel, but you're always running half marathons, whatever yep. it is. Try something a little bit different. Yeah. And this is something that like I've been really thinking about this year. It's like, cause I've been thinking, okay, I, I need to sign up for a race. This is me putting pressure on myself. Like Angie, you're a running coach. You need to be racing. You're telling people to race like all these things, but it's like, I have not felt any sort of like desire and enjoy in like finding a race. I've just felt pressure. I've just felt this heaviness and I know I just need to break through it and just go. But one of the things that I've been thinking about is finding something different, like not a half marathon, not a 5k, not anything that I've ever done before. It's like, 
well, I've never done a trail race before. Maybe I'll try that. Maybe I'll run a 10 miler. Maybe I'll run uh, a 15 K, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's all these other types of distances that I've never done before. So I literally have nothing to compare myself to. I obviously have a pace that I could like shoot for or try to do, but I don't have a previous race result to compare. And so in my mind, that removes an entire layer of pressure from the situation. And it just allows me to kind of like go out and have fun. Like, okay, let's try this distance out and see how this goes. Yeah. It, the, it adds just sort of a, a question mark to it. Yeah. The more uncertainty you have, whether the race distance is something that's unknown, like it's not like a 10 miler for you. Cause you mentioned this one a few times. Yeah. Um, you've raced shorter than that. You've mm -hmm. raced longer than that. So you could ball ballpark what that is right but you've never raced 10 miles so mm -hmm. it's not like you don't know what 10 miles feels like right i've to, run 10 miles plenty of times but to race that distance right. is that's an unknown mm -hmm. if you do a trail race the terrain adds an unknown aspect to it like just not being on sidewalk or roads yeah. for such a long period of time like how are the muscles going to respond mm -hmm. to that thing or if there's like a decent amount of like incline to it that's going to add a whole new thing to it and that uncertainty inspires experimentation. Yeah. And to me, and curiosity. To me, both of those are joy. Yeah. I love curiosity. Curiosity is one of my favorite emotions to tap into for anything. Like, if I'm trying to do something, like, it's very easy for us as humans to tap into comparison, to tap into judgment, right? To like put pressure on ourselves. So if I can shift, like not even from like negative all the way to positive, I just shift into curiosity. That is such a powerful emotion. And I love, I mean, I am just naturally a curious person. Like I am a questioner very much. <laughs> of all things. Like if you want me to do something, my first question is going to be why. Um, that's just how I am. That's how I'm built. And I just find curiosity and experimentation so exciting and, and very joyful because I love figuring things out and finding answers and like, you know, I've never done it this way before. How, let's see how this is going to be like, this is going to be cool. Like let's go on an adventure. I mean, you can do this even within a race distance that you've already done before. Yeah. Like, and this is one thing that like we work with sometimes with the, the kids <clears> in our cross country team is, okay, you've run a 5k, you ran like one last week and the week before and the week before that on this one try taking it out super aggressive. Mm -hmm. Maybe this is going to work well for you. Maybe that third mile you're going to crash and burn, but how do we know you're going to crash and burn if we don't try it? Yeah. So sometimes even if you so don't have race strategies, race strategies yeah. that you're trying something, approaching the race in a way that you've never done before mm -hmm. or the opposite, take it out super conservative. Like if you're that person that's just like, oh, you know, I kind of just get out and I try and get into my groove as soon as possible. And then I just ride that groove through the whole race try and switch it up, mm -hmm. take it out super conservative and then start seeing how many people can I pass? We have kids on our team that love they, passing people. Yeah. Like that's their favorite aspect of being in a race. Mm -hmm. So if they take it out conservative, they then get to literally pass people for the entire rest of that race. Yeah. So that race is more fun for mm -hmm. them. If they take it out super fast, they're just hanging on by their fingernails for the rest of it. Right. That in their head is nowhere near as much fun. Yeah. We got other people that are like, no, no, no I'll just like to take it out as, as fast fast as I can because I feel like I'm almost done with it. And then it's going to be painful anyway. So I might as well just hang on and, and hope mm -hmm. that I get the fast time, but you can try either of those things. If you've never done it before, it's a way to literally try something new to experiment with it. Experimentation, it helps remove boredom and it helps remove direct comparison. You're like, well, yeah, it's a 5k, but I've never done a 5k like this before. Mm -hmm. So sure, there's going to be comparison, but it kind of starts removing the direct comparison. Boredom and comparison tend to suck the joy out of things. Yeah. But like it, like you said, it's that spirit of experimentation. Like I've never, and like, there's people that have just joined our training academy and I've been talking to them like, well, have you ever raced a 5k? And they're like, no, I've just, I've run 5Ks, uh -huh. but I've never like pushed myself mm -hmm. in a 5K. And I was like, all right, so why don't you try? Why you know, you give that like, a shot? why don't you give that a shot and see how that goes? You know, like, and I think that that's how so many runners operate, right? They don't really know what it's like to push themselves or they push themselves too, too much to the extreme, right? And so, like, finding that middle ground might be kind of an interesting experiment to, to do. 
Hey runners, quick interruption to remind you to pause this episode, take a screenshot and share it to your social media so that you can help us grow this free podcast that we produce for you every single week. Or if you'd like to buy us a coffee and support the show that way, you can head over to realliferunners.com forward slash patron, P-A-T-R-O-N, and you could make a one-time contribution to the show and we'll send you a little gift of appreciation. All right, now back to the episode. Um, all right. Number four, join a group. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love running groups. I've talked about this on Instagram plenty of times. Joining my local running group is one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. These women have become such a huge part of my life. There are some of my best friends right now. Um, and I know we'll be friends for life, you know, with some of them because the relationships that you make with like-minded individuals that are similar to you in so many ways, like similar enough to prioritize their health and fitness, to wake up at 5 a.m. on Tuesday morning, to meet each other at 5.30, to go out for a five-mile run, like the to go out on Saturday mornings and, and run 10 miles and then go have coffee together. Like these are my people, you know, like, and you can find people that are so similar to you in your local running group. And if you don't have a local running group, there are tons of online communities. And granted, it is not the same as running with someone in person. We know that. But the amount of support and connection that you can find in online running communities is unbelievable. It truly is. And we speak from experience because we have one of the greatest running communities, I believe, in the world on the web because we we literally have runners all over the globe. You know, we have Australia, Canada, Ireland, the United States. Um, I don't think we have anyone in South America yet. So if you're in South America, come join the Academy because we'd like to, we'd love to uh, represent all seven continents. Definitely don't have any Antarctica yet. We do not have Antarctica. So, but we still have, you know, tons of people all over the world and we're all going through the same stuff. We all have the same doubts. We all have the same reservations. We all have similar experiences. Maybe it's a little bit of a different race distance. Maybe it's a different pace, but when you're out there and you're pushing yourself and you're trying to become a better runner, when you have other people that are doing that same thing, the connection that you make with those people is so like, it like, it fills your cup. It's so joy inducing. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, and obviously I'm an extrovert as you can tell. <laughs> well, yes, that certainly helps. <laughs> um, but you know, when I got into running, I got in as an, an in-person runner and just the way that I train and the time that I train, I don't have a, a big running group with me. I do basically every run <clears throat> solo at this point in time, but the online running group, and you don't have to find people that are running your same distance. You don't have to find people that are running your same pace. This is part of the, the glory of an online running group is it doesn't really matter who it is. Mm-hmm. You need to find like-minded runners. And you could argue that most runners are kind of similar people, but even within that, you can find like slight different personalities in that. So you need to find that running group that works for you, Mm -hmm. that you feel like you can really fully be yourself, that you're appreciated by that group because it, and that doesn't mean that you have to find people that are running your same race, your same pace runners at whatever level understand the different struggles. Like Angie and I train for different races. We train at different paces, but we genuinely understand the struggle that each of us are going through. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll come back in from like a morning. You're like, I did 12 by a quarter. I'm like, Oh, I know exactly. Like, I know what quarter number 10 feels like. Like, I know that. And our quarters are very, very different paces, but we're each pushing to a certain effort level. And this is what makes effort level training so powerful. It doesn't matter if my quarter repeat is at like a 730 pace and Kevin's quarter repeat is at what, like 435? <laughs> it's, it's quicker. It's, <laughs> right. It's, it's brisk. Yeah. Right. Like you're somewhere down there, yeah. like literally minutes faster than me. Right. I mean, not minutes per quarter because the that's, quarters that's are pretty, sh- pretty short, but I mean, but what like it, we understand what it's like to push to that level. We've had people that are following like tra- similar training plans within our yeah. Academy and they got to like the same workout. And I know they covered different distances, but both of them did like mm-hmm. one minute on one minute off times 12. Yeah. And it was just like, well, that's, 
that's an intense workout. And they covered very different distances from right. start to finish, but they both knew what the other person's struggle was. Mm -hmm. They both got the workout. So mm -hmm. I think that's part of the, the fun of the online communication is yeah. you can have that community without having to necessarily find somebody that is mm -hmm. running your exact same pace. Totally. And like, you know, we've got a bunch of people in the academy right now that are all training for Chicago. And, you know, someone put up a post the other day that was like, who's got their 18 miler this weekend, you know, <laughs> yes. like, and they all kind of were, were um, communicating and they understand each other in that way. Right. So find your tribe, find people that understand you, that get you. And not all running groups are the same, unfortunately. Like I've heard some stories of other running groups that are not as welcoming, um, you know, like in, in my local area specifically. And then there's different running groups online that I have been a part of and very quickly left because it's just like a toxic environment. Like you have to watch out because there, again, there can be a lot of comparison. There can be a lot of judgment. There can be haters in there. Um, there can be a lot of issues, right? So finding the right group is really, really important as well. Yeah. You don't want a group where someone's coming in, they're just, they're bragging with the hopes of someone else responding of, oh, wow, God. you're amazing. Yeah. Like that's, we, like there every... are some people that just post up like shirtless pictures of themselves. And if that's you, good for you, you know, like good for you, but like they're, are certain running groups that will like celebrate that. And then there are haters and then there's everything in between. And, you know, so you just have to figure out what resonates with you. Find your group. I like our group. Our yeah. group's great. I love our group. All right. Um, Shout out to our training team and Academy members. All right. Option number five for finding joy, ditch the watch. I love this one okay. ditch and also hate it. Oh yeah. This one's tricky <laughs> because if you, if you run without a watch, then it doesn't show up in Garmin and if it doesn't show up in the Garmin, then it did it actually happen. Mm -hmm. Um, or Strava or whatever your particular technology thing is. If you do it without the watch, it still counts. Your body's still getting the benefit right. of it. You're still getting the mental benefit of it, but you're removing that constant comparison that is strapped to your wrist. Mm -hmm. You're removing the continuous feedback. And when you've got that constant comparison, the continuous nonstop feedback, it can make a workout now suddenly become a winning or losing proposition. Mm -hmm. It's not just a workout. You either did the workout correctly or you didn't. And your watch is going to tell you. Well, especially with the way these watches are now, oh, like they yeah. literally tell you after your workout. And I'm, I'm so glad that ours don't do this. Yes, ours does not. Because we, we are like old school, you know, whatever. But there are watches that literally say unproductive or decline, you know, fitness declining, fitness decline. right? Like there are, they give you information so quickly right after your run. And it can literally change your entire perspective on that run. Right. We've had previous episodes about like how much power you're giving away to your GPS watch. So if you are someone that is like obsessed with the numbers and technology, you should go find that one and listen to it. Maybe we'll try to find it and link it in the, sh in the show notes. Um, but ditching your watch, I think is one of these things that is so anxiety producing at the beginning, a hundred percent. Like I like to have my stats. I like to see it pop up in my Garmin connect. I like to track my, my monthly mileage, my yearly mileage. I, that is something I like. So I heard someone, um, I think it was last week even that just said like they put a piece of tape. Was it you that told me this? No, you, you some, they, they put a piece of tape over their watch. So they, they couldn't look at it. Like I say, just change the screen, right. And just change it over to your heart rate or just change it over to the, the time clock, yeah. the clock. But even so you, you know, we get tricky with ourselves. Like we can be, know what time we started and yeah. kind of like, so you can be tracking it. it right. Like a little bit, but by the Running time you hit a couple of watch. intersections, you, yeah. the, the start time is doesn't make any sense right. anymore. But you could always go back in and like put that mileage into Garmin Connect also. Yes, yes, you certainly can add in in case you like yeah. I use my watch to track my overall mileage so that mm -hmm. I can see like long term what kind of trends I'm looking for. Right. Because that to me is a benefit of the watch. <clears throat> yeah. The workouts, like any particular single workout, should be a step towards this long term improvement. Mm -hmm. But when you're getting the feedback every single second, that feedback is coming in too quick. Even when you're getting the workout every single workout, sometimes you're not able to see short-term gains. Mm -hmm. they're, they're literally invisible. In the short term, you may even see a regression. You're right. like, oh, I definitely am. Like, the watches that say, you know, losing fitness. Well, look, depending on how you work out, because the watches all do a lovely job through throwing it into a crazy algorithm of your heart rate and your pace and stuff of estimating your VO2 max. 
I know that if I go from one number on VO2 max and it drops, it would have told me I'm losing fitness. Mm -hmm. But I also know that the workouts that I'm doing are literally designed to build something besides VO2 max. Right. And like I'm, that's not a lactate threshold workout, right? Like yeah. I'm improving my fitness. I'm just not improving that number that you're currently mm -hmm. measuring. So because I'm improving this other thing, this one naturally counterbalances, give me a week and it'll boost back up because it, it like it naturally swings. I've, I've read plenty of books on it. I'm not losing fitness. You silly watch. I know, <laughs> I know what it is. Silly Nilly. So I don't even need it to tell me, but sometimes I'll look at it. I know what my VO2 max was one day and it gets lower the day after. And I'm like, yes, that's because I did those last three workouts. Mm -hmm. It, it was supposed to go in that direction. I didn't lose fitness, but if you don't like know the nuance of the training, right. you might look at your watch and be like, Ooh, I am definitely going in the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. When you see regression in the numbers on the watch, you think that you're going the wrong direction. Whereas if you just think about running as I want to build long-term consistency, mm -hmm. then the numbers on a watch aren't going to tell you you're getting better or worse. Mm -hmm. They're going to say, yes, you went and got your run in today. Yeah. And so can you ditch the watch? Is that, I think this is really the question. I think that for some of you, you're going to have a hard time with this one. Um, and some of you might be like, that sounds amazing, right? <laughs> like I would love to do that. And um, so jump over to Instagram. I think I'm going to put up a poll or something this week because I would love to hear people's takes on this of like, are you willing to even try this out? You know, or is it just like <laughs> way too anxiety producing? Like, and I, I think that those of you, especially if this is like anxiety producing for you, you might be the one that needs it the most, right? Like this might actually be one of the things that shows you how much joy there actually is in running and just running for the sake of running and knowing that you are actually building towards those long-term gains. But like Kevin said, you know, you don't have to have all of the data, every single run, every single day to know that you're actually improving. Yeah. My, my watch did not connect to my phone this morning on my run. Oh no. So like GPS did not connect, you know, it was, it was like, wait for GPS to connect. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, I'm, I got out of bed a I few minutes go. late. I'm just going to start running. And so I'm like three and a half miles in and it goes, it suddenly it beeps at me. It goes mm -hmm. connected to GPS. I'm like, well, yes, now you have, but you, I know this loop. I know where the one mile mark is. I know where the two yeah. mile mark is and it kept beeping them in the wrong time. Mm -hmm. So it's like, Oh, this was your first mile pace. I'm like, well, it wasn't no, because that's not where the mile mark right. is. And it hits the next one. I'm like, well, that wasn't at all either. So I know all the paces were totally wrong, mm -hmm. but I also know that I put the right effort forth into my workout. So I, I overall got the right, you know, general distance on, on what the run was, mm -hmm. but my watch was wrong through the whole thing. Yeah. So that's the other thing. Don't let a watch sap your joy yeah. because it's not working the way that you want it to just go out and go for a run and enjoy whether there's a watch on your wrist or not. Don't let the watch on your wrist, take the fun away from it. Yeah. You can, you can also try to stop paying attention to it too. That's true. Okay. Number six. Sometimes running can be fun when looking back on it. Ah, oh, I like this right? one. So I really like this one too. So sometimes things are fun in the moment, right? Sometimes we can gain joy while we are in that moment. And sometimes it's not so joyful in the moment. It's not so fun in the time that you're actually doing it. But it's fun because you know that you're growing, you mm -hmm. know that you're challenging yourself. And this is one of the ways that I really connect with joy in my life, both in my running journey and in my personal development journey and my business growth journey. And like, there's so many things that make me feel so uncomfortable in the moment, right? Like anytime you step out of your comfort zone, it feels uncomfortable, hence comfort zone, right? Like, so growth is uncomfortable. It's easy to just kind of stay right where we are and not grow. We know this place. We're comfortable here. Things are good, right? But moving out of that and trying to grow and evolve and see what you're made of, see if you can get faster, see if you can run longer, see if you can achieve some of these big goals that are kind of floating around in the back of your mind, to me, that is such a joy inducing thing because it's me growing. It's challenging myself. And I am just such a huge fan of like personal growth and development. 
Yeah, I can't remember. But what, it's uncomfortable in the process. Well, yeah, it is. <laughs> I can't remember what podcast I was listening to that they they explained the three types of joy. So I don't know who whose idea this is, but yeah. it was the three types of joy. Level one fun, or sorry, not three types of joy, three types of fun. Fun. Level one fun is fun as you're doing it mm-hmm. and fun when you look back at it. This is like eating ice cream. It's fun. Like this is just, this good. Okay, level two, level two fun That is, might not be that fun when you're looking back on it though to, if you overeat ice cream no, no, no. just like a normal serving yeah, of ice yeah. cream it's like like there's or a cookie like a, in having a piece of dessert yeah most people put that into level one fun okay. it is fun as i'm doing it it's just fun okay level two is not necessarily fun in the moment but when you look back at it you find it more fulfilling mm-hmm. okay you look back at it and you're like that was awesome there tends to be nice stories that come out of this not the most ridiculous stories but quality stories about, man, this was something awesome that I was able to work towards and achieve, Mm -hmm. even though a a chunk of it, possibly lots of it during the time was not necessarily fun. I think a lot of racing falls into level two. That's what I I was just about to say. I feel like a lot of like marathons or half marathons, right? Like there's always that point in the race that doesn't feel good. But then when you cross the finish line and you realize what you've just accomplished then you're like heck yeah and that can bring you a lot of joy yeah so but this is where i think is also the difference between fun and joy too yes yeah so one fun in the moment two not necessarily fun in the moment but fun looking back at it Mm -hmm. and then there's level three fun which seems like the weirdest thing because the description of level three fun is this is not fun <laughs> like that's, okay. that's a description. Level three fun is not fun in the moment, and it's not necessarily even fun when looking back on it, because okay. you possibly will never do that thing again because you realize how close to dying you got. This is like I went out for a really long run, and then it was really challenging. But then I kept pushing myself, and then I was on the verge of heat stroke, and I collapsed on the side of the road. Like nothing about that is fun. Okay, but for some reason that gets counted as, as level three fun. Level three fun tends to make people stop doing an activity. Level one. It doesn't seem like it should be in the fun category. I, it was a very interesting podcast yeah. I was listening to. Level one is great. And some people, I think, skip level one fun in running. They think that every aspect of it has to be challenging mm. and they're missing that level of it. Yeah. They, like sometimes you can just have fun runs that are fun just, for, just for the sake of being yes, fun. Yes. Sometimes just yeah. going and running should be fun. We probably have plenty of people listening right now that are like, wait, I can just go have fun for fun. They're living all of their running, whether it's a race or an easy training run as level two fun. Yeah. It has to be challenging so I can look back and feel fulfilled by it. No, it doesn't. Sometimes it should be level one and it's just fun mm-hmm. because it's fun. And then sometimes it should be level two. And we should all avoid level three fun. It sounds like it's death defying. <laughs> it sounds interesting for sure. But I, I will say that like, um, our cross country kids today, like we just had an easy run and it was raining, like, and it was not lightning. So we were okay to like send them out for a run. And it was just kind of that light drizzling type of rain, which I think is like some of the greatest running weather. And the kids, like they weren't complaining about it or anything. Nope. And they were like, can we run on the track? And I was like, you guys want to just do an easy distance run on the track? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, okay, if that makes you sure. happy, you know? And I went out there and I was just standing there with my umbrella watching these kids run and they were having the best time. And I, I I wanted to say that this, like, I would venture to say that this is probably one of the best runs of the entire season, Probably watching them run out there. Um, because a, they were all maintaining an easy pace. They weren't over pushing like they often tend to do and pushing too hard. B, they weren't walking more than they needed to mm-hmm. walk either. And C, like they were running in groups and they were talking to each other and they were just enjoying each other's company or they were enjoying the weather because that rain brought some cooler temperatures, which here in South Florida in September are very welcomed. Yep. I am so jealous of all of you in Northern areas. Like I have a friend that lives in Nebraska and she was like, it was 48 degrees this morning and it's <laughs> going to be like 85 this afternoon. I'm like, that sounds amazing. Like it was 40- 85 when we woke up. Yeah. Like 48 degrees for me to like wake up and go for a run and then it warms up throughout the day. That sounds perfect. Right. But so I'm very jealous of those of you that are starting to post about how lovely the fall weather is, is starting to turn out to be because down here it's still summer junior. No, no. When I got up at five, it was 80 degrees outside. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so 
our cross country kids were just, they were out there and there was just this sense of joy in them, which, you know, a lot of times they, they give you pushback, they complain, they do this, they're high school kids, right? They were having fun. They were having fun. Yeah. And I just sat, like stood there under my umbrella watching them and it filled me with joy too, you know, like, so actually, you know what, that's not even on our list, but like, go watch a race, right? Like go watch a race and watch other people achieve their goals. That can bring so much joy. That's a little bonus one for you. Um, because watching other people achieve their goals and like do amazing things, like just going and and spectating at a marathon or a half marathon that can bring some joy to your life. Watch watch people strive for a goal. Like some people are achieving them. Some people aren't, but watch everybody fight for it. Well, it's like watching the Ironman. Like Mm -hmm. like we, we, you, you and I talk all the time about how growing up, we always used to watch the Kona Ironman race on NBC, right? always watch that. Like, and it's just one of those things that just like, Oh my God, like it, it brings you joy watching these people like train and overcome their obstacles and all these backstories of all the things that they had to overcome to hit those races. Like it, some of it's sad, some of it's happy, but all of it's joyful. Yeah. I, that's, I think growing up watching the, the Ironman world championships is why I've gradually evolved into running ultra races. I never had the desire to run, to participate in an Ironman because I just don't find swimming entertaining enough Mm. to have to like work at it. Like I just don't, but running super long distances, being out there for hour upon hour, just, there's something just so intriguing Mm -hmm. to me about that. Yeah. All right. Finally, number seven, connect your running to a higher purpose. Okay. So for us, this is God. You know, there are a lot of people that run to glorify God. Maybe that's not your thing, but is there some sort of higher purpose or purpose outside of yourself that you can connect your running to? Like maybe it's running for a charity, you know, like there are a lot of people that love raising money for charity through running. Mm -hmm. Right. And so can you connect your running to something outside of yourself, because running can be a way to foster that connection. Like I see running as a way for me to take care of this gift of my body that I've been given. Like we get one body in this lifetime and I see running as a way for me to honor that gift. Like I see it as a gift from God and I want to do whatever I can to make the most of that gift and help other people also, which is part of our company, help other people to make the most of their gift of their life, you know, to be as as active and as healthy as possible so they can live the life without limitations that they want to live. Yeah. I mean, you're basically quoting Steve Prefontaine there to give anything less than your best is to sacrifice the gift. Like that's what, that's what it is. That's what we all have here. There are plenty of people who cannot literally go out and run in the last cross country race we ran, they cut it short for lightning. And so there were kids getting pulled off the race and they've got this look of like disappointment on their face. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, come on, come over here right now because their teammates that had made it past this like cutoff where they were like, they were pulling people off the course. Some people had made it past that point and they were allowing them to finish the loop. And they went from disappointment and upset on their face to no, 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 come over here and cheer your teammate in. And suddenly they were, Oh, Oh wait, that's what I get to do. I get to cheer them in. Mm -hmm. And the kids that are struggling to come in and suddenly they look over and they see their teammate who they know was behind them. And they're standing on the side cheering for them. And I'm looking at them like they pulled them off the course. They didn't get to finish. You better finish fast enough. And they were like, oh, oh, okay, wait, I'm kicking it in. When you can see something bigger beyond yourself, however that is, however that works for you, you know, I like to see it as a gift that, that we're all given. And that, I mean, to me, that gift was almost removed a few years ago. So I see so much joy in every chance I get to go out and race again and to run again. When I was in high school, we used to do a lot of like visualization at at my school about like find the most beautiful place where you feel like you could connect to God. And I always went to these different trails that we would run. Like that was always my spot. Mm -hmm. Like people were showing like, you know, oh, well, there's this room in my house or this spot in my church. I'm like, no, no, no. There's this spot on a trail right as it like it goes through one of the switchbacks and like that spot that spot right there because the sun always cracks through the leaves and the trees and it's a solid canopy but right there the sun breaks through that's my spot 
Yeah. So there are a lot of ways that you can find something that is bigger than you. I like your thought towards charity. That's also an amazing way that people can get into all sorts of aspects. I mean, there's so many ways, right? And like maybe running is a spiritual practice for you already. And maybe you've never made that connection before. And so I would like to offer like how can you like, what, is this something that you want to try out again? These are options for you, right? Like, and I see running as a way to just continuously foster that connection and foster the connection. Maybe it's the, the connection with mother earth, right? Maybe it's a connection with the divine. Maybe it's a connection to, like you said, the people that are no longer able to run, you know, unfortunately there was a tragedy in the running world, like a week or two ago at this point, there was a woman that was abducted and killed. And like, there were a lot of people in social media that were running and dedicating their miles to her, you mm-hmm. know, to, to de- to, um, Eliza Fletcher, like, and finishing her run because she's no longer able to do that. Right. Or, um, there are people that dedicate their runs to fallen soldiers or to amputees that are no longer able to do Mm -hmm. these things. Right. And so I think that when we can connect to something outside of ourselves, whether that's to other humans that we're trying to represent and run for or help, or that's, you know, the higher power, um, uh, the divine mother earth, nature, like there are so many things outside of ourselves that we can connect to that can bring so much joy. And like one of the most joy-filled moments for me is running along the beach, you know, here in South Florida, and seeing the sunrise. And when I see that sun like crack over the horizon, it's just like an immediate sense of like, wow, there's so much out there that's bigger than I am, (laughs) you know? And how blessed am I to be able to be here in this moment, moving my body in this way and see this beautiful sight, you know, watching the sun crack the horizon and then watching the way that the rays fill the clouds. And there's just, there's so much beauty around us. And how running is a way for me to connect to that beauty. It's a way for me to connect to nature. You know, it's a way for me to connect to my higher self, you know, to my future self, to the future self that I want to become. Um, there's just so many other ways that we can really go deeper and really go, you know, more ethereal with it. And I would invite you to explore some of that if you haven't already. And, and it's sometimes kind of difficult to explore all of that and the deeper emotions of that if you're too busy staring at a watch and comparing yourself to yeah. previous versions of yourself. And, mm-hmm. oh, man, this that mile pace wasn't fast enough. My GPS isn't connecting. Yeah. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. nice to just step back and just enjoy the experience. Level, yeah. level one fun is sometimes just a whole heck of a lot of fun. Yeah. And one way that I like to do this too, is like running on vacation, you know, exploring mm-hmm. new places on foot. Like when we went to Savannah, Georgia, I just like started running around the city. I had no idea where I was going. I know I was <laughs> going to be out there for about 45 minutes to an hour, you mm-hmm. know, um, you know, when we went to Cleveland, I was running down like on the riverfront and checking out the rock and roll hall of fame. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, there's just some places that you're just like, this is all right. This is very cool. I'm just going to go explore go now, explore. you know, like an exploring on foot is such a cool thing. um, also that you're able to do. Yes. Yes, it is. So hopefully this episode was helpful for you. And those are seven different ways that, you know, we would suggest that you could maybe try to add some more joy or find that joy again in your running. And I would love to hear if you guys have any other suggestions, come find us on Instagram, send me a DM at real life runners, or you can find the post on, um, you know, this episode, episode number 272. Um, and, and tell us ways that you like to find joy in your running. Cause I would love to post those up too, and just share, um, your experience of experiences of finding more joy in your running journey as well. And uh, yeah, check out uh, everybody over at Real Life Runners on Instagram. We'll let you know how quickly it takes Angie to beat me in an arm wrestling competition. (laughs) (laughs) Find your joy. (laughs) All right, you guys, if you haven't yet, go sign up for that webinar. Also, um, that workshop that I'm doing, realliferunners.com forward slash PR so that I can help you understand the secret to your next PR. And as always, thank you so much for spending this time with us today. This has been the Real Life Runners podcast, episode number 272. Now get out there and run your life.